And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Play action. And Manning's going to heave one. Is, oh, there's a flag. Back from catch a one-handed catch. How in the world? Oh, my goodness. And Brandon Carr was back there. I mean, he is insane. How do you make that catch? Oh, my goodness. This is sick. Put this to music. I don't think he stepped out either. That may be the greatest catch I've ever seen. Number 39. Penalty's declined. Ball to the play. Touchdown. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. That is absolutely impossible what he just did. That may be the greatest catch I've ever seen in my life. It's in the conversation. Wow. After being fouled. I mean, he was clearly fouled on the play. And that's clean. That's not. Oh, that's well, ridiculous. Well, I mean, he does it basically with his thumb and his forefinger. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Tom Coughlin said that young man has given all of us a lift. And only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Indeed. Cowboys coming off the bye week, facing the Green Bay Packers. Packers coming off a loss to the Detroit Lions, so you know they'll be fired up. We're fired up to be here on another episode of About Them Cowboys. I'm Kent pushing the buttons and joined by three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys. We've got a lot to get to in this episode. First, from The Athletic, he's your Dallas Stars and Cowboys beat writer. Make sure you're following all his work on The Athletic and Twitter. It's Saad Youssef from The Athletic. It's Father John Mishota, your daily Cowboys beat writer, and of course, from The Freak, the one who will lead us through this treacherous conversation, it's Kevin K.T. Turner. Hey, K.T. Hey, all right, guys. First of all, first order of business, John and Saad, too. Typically, you guys are covering pretty much every game. John, for sure, covering every single game. You get a bye week. Were we locked into red zone? How'd you take that in? I know you don't get that opportunity very often when you're at the stadium all the time. What was your bye week like in terms of watching football on Sunday? Oh, a lot of procrastinating for me. I was I should have been doing work during the week and then said I put it off until Sunday. And so I had some games on in the background. But uh, so the Cowboys make their assistant coaches available twice a year. It's once at training camp and then it's again during the bye week. And so we got a bunch of the assistants and they kind of do a thing where they do all the offense and they all the defense, but they have two or three going at a time. So it's not like, and they're only going for five or six minutes. So you're trying to get as much as you can. And then when it's done, there's a lot of transcribing to do. And so, uh, I have a piece up right now in the athletic, which is the best of all of that. I compiled together down to like maybe about 1500 words of just basically what's the best stuff. Um, some assistants, as you guys would imagine, better quotes than others. You know, some guys don't really want to give too much and are pretty guarded. Others are, are pretty good quotes, but yeah, check out that piece. Uh, they got posted Monday morning. Uh, so I, I procrastinated and waited till Sunday to 
knock that out when I could have probably gotten it done during the week. So uh, that's what I did on Sunday. So not very exciting. Oh, man. I, I had a slightly more exciting. It was stars were off. Cowboys were off. And like John, John is the true, true beat writer for. And, and so, you know, on the road at home, all that. So when the Cowboys are on the road, I still kind of structure my my game watching around, you know, whenever I'm going to watch them. And then I only watch that. But uh, but it was disappointing, man. I, I had Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady on separate televisions. And those were two, two of the worst games, worst football games ever. Um, and it was just like, you just don't expect that when you have Aaron Rodgers who should torch the Detroit Lions. And then you have the reigning Super Bowl champions against Tom Brady. And, and you know, granted, the last 40 seconds were great. But uh, but yeah, it was a kind of a bummer, not going to lie. But then Sunday Night Football was uh, was was redemptive. That That was pretty cool. That was awesome. Yeah, and I want to, before we kind of jump into some midseason stuff and, of course, the big rumors at a possible big-name wide receiver that the Cowboys might be trying to bring in here, I do want to just, like, kind of generally talk about a couple of things. I've always thought that point differential is a pretty good, um, you know, way to delineate who's really been crushing it and who hasn't. It's not foolproof at all, okay, uh, as evidenced by the Jaguars having – you know, a top 10 point differential in the NFL at three and six. But if you look at that point differential outside of the Bills, outside of the Eagles, and outside of the Chiefs, the Cowboys are next in point differential. Is that something you've ever thought about, John? Is that something that you kind of, I know that you get a lot of garbage time and things like that, but I've always thought that overall, over the course of a season, it's usually pretty indicative of a team's success. Yeah, I, I feel so more over an entire season just because it's not like everyone's playing the same schedule yeah. but i mean uh, those four teams that you named i think those are probably the four i mean throw in san francisco i think those are your four or five highest odds to win the super bowl so not a huge surprise there i think you know you could argue that buffalo philadelphia or kansas city one of those three is probably the best team in the nfl right now uh, and i think the cowboys are in that next tier right underneath them and they might be in that tier if dak doesn't get hurt you know and um, and I say that because not obviously they won without Dak, but the fact of maybe he's hitting on a higher uh, level where it looked like, you know, he played better against the Bears. But obviously for them to go to that ultimate, you know, Super Bowl level, Dak's going to have to be playing at a high level. And so, the, you know, if he's there, then I put them with any of those teams. But, yeah, not a surprise at the point differential with those teams, because those are, to me, four or five of the best teams in the NFL right now. Yeah, it feels strange, and you know, there's a few things going on. I think this almost takes us into where we're going with the Odell Beckham thing, right? Because there's like little rumors going out now about Josh Allen maybe having a hurt elbow, and I think you could see anybody who's a free agent who could, in their heads, make a difference. It's probably like, well, the Bills might be a place I would go to because, you know, good place to go catch a ring. I feel like it's narrowed down really quickly. And I feel like the Packers, the Cowboys' next opponent, and the Rams have almost cannibalized themselves to a point where they're not a candidate for getting some help there. The Cowboys are uh, now on the, the shortest of list, in my opinion. For me, it, it's the Cowboys or Chiefs. And uh, one of the things that factors into my thinking on that is a recent clip from an interview that Complex put out. And Odell Beckham says that part of this decision is going to come down to being a place that he wants to be at for the next two, three years. And I mean, 
nothing against Green Bay or Buffalo. Those are those are fine cities. I'm I'm from the north. I I, I get it. A lot of pride in those towns. That's not the same as living in Dallas. It's just not, especially yeah. for a guy like Odell Beckham, who has a, a large number of family members that are from Texas that have been Cowboys fans. Um, yeah, the Buffalo thing's obviously intriguing on Sundays with playing with Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, and arguably the best team in the NFL, or with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and all that. But I don't know if that's where Odell Beckham is trying to live for the next three years. So uh, because of that, and then you factor in everything else, like Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are obviously going to be one of the top ten, top teams in the league as long as he's healthy and playing well. And then the Cowboys, because of the fact of, well, they're competitive, but the but the bigger thing is just the glitz and glamour that comes with it. You know, I mean, he, you know, he loves the spotlight, and if he plays well for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, it will it, it, it. Just think about it from this perspective: if he did the exact same thing that he did last year for the Rams for the Dallas Cowboys, ridiculous. It's it's, it's on a a completely different level. The fact that you were able to help the Dallas Cowboys win their first Super Bowl since 1995, ridiculous. I mean, I just, anybody's anybody's signing up for that and anybody's taking a little bit less money for that too, if if you feel like you can do that. There's way, way big differences, okay? Especially a guy coming off his injury, but he's got the opportunity if he were to come here to kind of have a Deion Sanders or Charles Haley type legacy around here guys were brought in and ended up i mean dion was a little different because he was still you know really good and charles haley was still really good as well i'm just saying that you, you can't understand what i'm saying there's something too yeah. about going to a place that hasn't won and it's been talked about forever and it's been coveted and then you you would get a lot more credit than anyone would have ever imagined when the season started you'd get so much more credit for coming in and you know, whether it's true or not, helps push them over the top. The only negative yeah. I see for Odell Beckham is that there just aren't any good jersey numbers left with the Cowboys for him. <laughs> so he'd have like some jersey that he like, is he going to want to wear 80? You know, like there's just not, there's not all their single digits, all their low digits are gone. Well, they, we shouldn't sign him then. They're not going to give him 80, 80, 84. They're not going to give him eight or 12. That's not a Cowboys thing. I'm saying 47. Odell. Let's go. Let's go super weird. 47. I'm saying I'm not saying the Cowboys. They don't care what number he wears. I'm saying Odell is going to care what he yeah, what number he wears. That's yep. the only negative that I could possibly come. Everything else makes complete sense for him to play for the Cowboys because it's an it's an intriguing thing. Even if they're pretty solid at wide receiver, wide receiver is clearly their biggest need, and he steps in right away. And he doesn't have to be the number one. He can be he can be a two. He could be a three, and it's going to be, be a three. significant upgrade o- over what they have. And uh, and to him, I just. As long as the money is comparable, uh, I, I I I think it's going to be tough for him to turn down the Cowboys. Yeah, I also really? think just him coming here also is is going to be you know really good for CD Lamb too um, because Odell plays a certain position just like Gallup does, and I think CD Lamb is, is a receiver that can play a lot of different places, and I think you know we we talked about this before when we were doing the player tiers uh, before the season. I, I I still think CD is not in that very top tier um, that that we were even kind of labeling, and and I think the reason why is because you know he still has to go in and be consistent. And I think Odell being here can really be a be a bigger boost to him than almost anybody else on this roster, probably including maybe including Dak. Like I I don't know. Um, I think CD Lamb would be the biggest beneficiary. I found it interesting that when Mike McCarthy was asked about this today, you know he he started his answer off with you know the 
liking our guys. You know, we think that there's still room for our guys to grow and stuff like that. But then he said, I've always been a huge fan of his. He talked about how uh, Ben McAdoo and some of these other guys that he's friends with or he has coached yeah. with that have coached uh, Odell have said, you know, everybody has nothing but great things to say about him. Obviously, I've always been so impressed with his football playing ability. Just a lot more than you'd say about somebody if there was no interest at all. Because if there's not really any interest, even if there's just a little bit but not anything serious, I've just seen plenty of coaches answer it. It just, we really like our guys. That's not really for, up for me to decide. That's that's a front office thing. And they go on to the next question. For him to sit there and, and, and you know, put out a little bit of praise there, I found I found that a little bit interesting. It's it's pretty clear that the Cowboys have interest. So you got to go multiple years? Is that, that what we think here? You got to go yeah. multiple years. Okay. And you're paying him not a lot for the rest of this season. Every right. week that goes by, you're paying him less for the season. You're also taking the risk that a big injury happens from another contender and they could swoop in. Um, it does feel like this is something that Jerry would want to do. I don't know if it screams Stephen and Will McClay to me. I don't think it screams Mike McCarthy to me. But let's go. I mean, look at the league right now. How in the world well, could you have watched football yesterday in week nine when the Cowboys are off and go, Oh yeah, uh, we can do. Uh, you can. I'm sorry, it's wide open. Go. Yeah, let's go now. It, it, it's it's funny because college football is so fickle. I'm a huge college football fan. It's, that's my favorite day, um, really, during the season because Saturdays are the day I have off. So I'm constantly watching college football, and every fan base at some point or another hates their coach and wants to move on to the next thing. And I always use an example of like. All right, that's that's cool, you know, and I know you have boosters, I'll pay the guy. But who's the next guy? Tell me who your next guy is. Who's the guy that's out there? And there's just not a lot of great options that are out there. So I bring it back to this situation because it's not like Mike McCarthy's coming to the podium. It's not like Jerry on or off the record, Steven on or off the record talking to us is going to sit there and just bash the receiving core and talk about how awful it is. But behind closed doors, if they really feel like it's that bad, then that pushes you even more towards doing a deal like that. It's one thing when, you know, you hear, oh, yeah, the Cowboys are involved with, they, they have interest in Namdi Asamoah or, or Jamal Adams or these these deals we've heard in the past. I don't know if they necessarily had to have those players. If they feel like they really have to have this or they're not going to be able to upgrade offensively, now that the trade deadline's passed, I, 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 don't, I don't see why you wouldn't have significant interest to get in a bidding war over over him. Again, when I say bidding war, it's not like I'm trying to give this guy, make this guy the highest paid receiver in the league. Obviously, it, it's all relative, but uh, yeah, if, if you really feel like that he's checked out medically and you can structure a contract in a way that's good for, for both people, uh, this deal is just one that I absolutely think the Cowboys should make. I'm not concerned about him behind the scenes, the locker room stuff, any of that. If anything, I think he could be a spark that helps put them over the top. Do three at 20. You can uh, get out of year three. You're paying him $8 million a year for the last two years. You'd be paying him $4 million this year. Let's go. What? I don't even think you'd have to give him four four this year. I didn't only get like a million and a half last year for the Rams. Yeah, I guess I can't remember, but it was very. I'm not. Why not? Sweeten the pot. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, I think the thing is with them, I think they're around six or seven million in cap space left for this year. So they have money to, to sign him. Uh, the thing would be that you're also you're not paying for him to play until probably December. I, I don't see him coming right. Let's say they signed him next week or something. He's not going to probably play for a few weeks. So you're looking at him for December and then in the playoffs. And he's probably waiting on that too, to be honest. He's like, I'll just wait and see if uh, an injury pops up or something. 
Look at what the Chiefs did with Tony. It made me think a little less that they would do something, but they're still, I mean, they have like five or six wide receivers, but they're still, they could add a reliable mm. guy. And he's one of those guys that he always plays well against the Cowboys. He's, I mean, look at that last game when he was with the, with the Browns. I think he had three touchdowns in that game. Like he has eight, I think he has eight receiving touchdowns against the Cowboys, which is the most against any team. Uh, obviously it was going to be an NFC East team, but still like there's something about the Cowboys, and especially when Des was here that you could just tell that it really brought out the best in Odell. Obviously the greatest catch that we've ever seen uh, was made by Odell against the Cowboys. Like there's just a lot of parallels. Odell's family is from Texas. He's talked about how they're all Cowboys fans. There's just a lot of things that, that would make sense here as long as the money's right. Des has the jersey, the Odell jersey from that night. They did a jersey huh. swap, so Dez has that actual one. I'm surprised it's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it should be, probably, but Dez could auction, auction that bad boy off if he ever gets in it's in some financial trouble. <laughs> you'll, you'll be okay. Just sell the Odell jersey. You'll be fine. Did you guys see the guest list for Odell Beckham's 30th birthday party? I did not. Pretty good. Lena, Lena Dunham. Justin Bieber and Haley Bieber won Kim Kardashian. You guys know her? You've heard of her, right? I've heard of her. How about um, Devin Booker and Kendall Jenner? Um, let's see. Oh, not Jose Canseco. Josie Canseco, the daughter of Jose Canseco. Model. When I first read the article, I was like, does that say Jose Canseco? Of oh, course, yeah. Jose named his daughter the closest thing to his own name <laughs> Yeah, that he could. Chris Brown was there. Um, that's odd. But uh, Tyga. Tyga was in the house. Not Tiger Woods, Tiger. So that guy's a he. He likes to ball with the with the. Um, he has a famously he has a big thirty. Uh, not his thirtieth. He has a famous uh, birthday party each year with a big guest list, and this was thirty, and he went hard. So do you Dude think it's ready? Can't day, thirty. It's going to come down to if he wants to play with Dak versus Pat Mahomes. No, I've never I've never heard a receiver talk bad about Dak. On the Cowboys, not bad about Dak. Is, do you think that's like a has a lot to do with it? Is who who the quarterback is? It's weird because he got that ring last year, so it's like maybe I'm not. Yeah, look, everybody wants to, to win a ring, right? But it might be like less. Right. Does he want to win a ring? Because if you want to win a ring, may probably go to KC. But if you want maybe a, I don't know a chance to make more of an impact, you go to Dallas. Like, what does he really want right now in his career? Does he want to go win another ring? Does he want to get paid? Like, what you know? What's Odell thinking? I think one thing also, like John mentioned, was the gap between Super Bowl. Like, if you go and win a ring in KC, like, like you're not going to get the shine at all that you would get really in, like, maybe 28 other places anyways. Like, that's always going to be Patrick Mahomes' thing. But also, I, I think, Kent, when you ask, like, what he's looking for, I, I mean, I don't have any, like, inside info, but I would think it's just stability. And when you, like, stability at the quarterback position. And, and I think Dak and Patrick Mahomes provide a pretty equal amount of stability, not level of play or anything like that but in terms of Dak's not going anywhere I think that's a big reason why Green Bay would be so out if I was Odell because you don't even know forget how good Aaron Rodgers is you don't know if he's going to be there next year or the year after but I think in Dallas at least at the quarterback position you do have stability you know Dak's going to be here and I think it's just as stable pretty much as Patrick Mahomes and I know Patrick Mahomes got that 10-year deal and Dak doesn't have that but I'm just saying for the foreseeable future, Dak's not going anywhere. I, and I don't think it'll be one thing either, Kent, to answer your question. Um, and uh, I'm just going to use myself as an example. So I've thought many a times over the last three to five years about, you know, 
it, what, what team would you want to cover if you can cover any team? And every single time it comes back to me covering the Cowboys. And it's not because of one thing. It's when you factor in everything. I hate cold weather. You know, there's no state tax down here. I want to cover a team that there's always interest in. I don't want to cover a team that's playing 82 games in a year or 162 games in a year. So it's like every, when you, when you break it all down, there's only, it's only comes down to a couple teams. You know, if you, when you factor all of that in, like, would I rather live in, in Southern California weather than in Dallas? Absolutely. But also people don't care about the teams out there. I mean, I'm sorry. It just, yeah. they don't. And, uh, and I want to cover a team that has interest. So when you break it all down, if, if you want, all those, th- well, one here, if you just put it at the top interest, you're pretty much coming down to Yankees, Lakers, and Cowboys. They have the most interest, and it's not even up for debate. And so then you whittle it down a little bit more to then, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the most important to you? And every single time I've ever done this, it's not even been close. It's always come down to continuing to cover the Dallas Cowboys. Well, it could be uh, one of those things, too, where things are almost even agreed to, and you're kind of getting ahead of it. and kind of under the table, like, hey, here's some of the plays we run and things like that. I'm never blind to that type of thing that could happen. But it does, like you said, December is still, it really is three weeks away probably from him affecting anyone or helping anyone. Another thing I was thinking about, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously, the candidates are now small. Cowboys, Chiefs, yeah. Packers, I, I, the Rams would have to get Bills. super hot and then maybe the Bills and keep an eye on that Josh Allen elbow injury because that could be bad. I, it, yeah. it could be really bad. And he going to play with Case Keenum. So the other team that I was thinking, that's the last one that would have a chance would be the Chargers. If they got hot, kept it going a little bit more, improved their record, and you have the L.A. connection there. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have been banged up. Although their other guys, Josh Palmer, had a big game yesterday. Like there's someone that he could help and might be like, there's one last potential place that might make sense. Throwing it out there though, because that is a deep shot of all deep shots. Because it's this one feels this one feels different. I don't know about you guys, and I know we did this whole song and dance last year at this time, and this seems really good. But something in the air, and this guy just being available. I don't know. It just feels this feels kind of meant to be in a way. Well, yeah, and then also the fact that I I believe that if everything's even close to being even in terms of money being offered, I think the Cowboys would be the favorite in this. It's about will the Cowboys get in that because we just haven't seen them will, willing to put that type of money on a on a free agent that is not in their building. So that's part of it. But in terms of just how he would gel with Dak and Zeke and and CD, I think he would love all of that. Micah Parsons and what's going on with the defense, I think he would love all of that. And then just the brand of the star, like. That, you know, all eyes being on you. I think he would love all all of those things. And again, he's. It's not like he's coming to a team where it's like, Odell, we really want you to be our fourth receiver and kind of just. We already have Gallup, Amari, and CD. No, it's like they really need you to play well, and you can be the piece that puts the Dallas Cowboys over the top and gets them back to a Super Bowl. Like a lot of, I just think that. I mean, I can't sit here and say, oh, I know Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know him, but I've followed his career pretty closely, and I feel like I have a good understanding of how he thinks from just over the years covering how many games that he's played against the Cowboys, how close of a relationship he has with Des Bryant, talking to Des about him and things like that. I just think there's a lot of things about the Cowboys that will be very, very intriguing to him um, if, if, like I said, as long as the money is, is comparable. 
Yeah, and and one thing that I'll add to that, just about you know the flavor of wide receivers, like you go back to 2018 when they got Amari Cooper. I felt like in that transaction, you felt that the Cowboys needed Amari Cooper more or wanted a car, Amari Cooper, and that was a bigger fit more than uh, more than the other way around. Whereas I think you know the swag that comes with the star, the all that kind of stuff, that's more Odell to the Cowboys in my opinion like you know Odell wants that more Amari wouldn't care Amari's not uh, Amari Cooper's not someone who's you know going to be lured in by the brand of the star and all that kind of stuff he just wants to go play football um but I do think that uh but I do think that you know when you when you have someone like Odell um that's someone who you know is going to reciprocate that way so yeah I think that that plays a big role and obviously the injury thing's huge too I mean you need him to be healthy. You know, it can't be one of these things where he's 50% of what he was last year for the Rams. You know, um, I certainly, I, I'm, I would not, cause I don't not comparing him to what he was in 2016, 2017, you know, but, but I mean, to what he was as the Rams, if he's even close to being on that level. Yeah. This, this, this definitely be something. I mean, and I'm, I'm the person I've been saying all along that, and I wrote about this earlier in the season that, you know, even go back to those Packers teams, you know, Mike McCarthy always talks about Packers draft and develop, but they still had Charles Woodson. They still went out and got Julius Peppers. They made a move here or there with a key piece, you know, to try and put them over the top. And and that's to me the only thing that this Cowboys team is missing. I mean, their draft and develop is outstanding, no question. But maybe it's just that one other piece that puts you over the top. And if Odell's healthy, he certainly seems like he could he fits that 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 missing puzzle piece. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, so this is you know, a little different bi-week schedule here. Um, later in the week, we'll have a episode previewing Packers week, which Fox is really trying to build that up as a good game. And I could not believe the Vegas line was... Two, I think Cowboys favored by two and a half points. Um, bet the house on that, everyone. Don't get mad at me if something happens, but good lord, that 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 line's going to get extended. It has to. Uh, Packers Wait, you about, injury. Are you talking about Cowboys yeah. Packers? Yeah, it's already yeah. like five. Oh, it's up to five now. Okay, yeah, it was two yeah, this yeah. morning. So yeah, no, it's it's up at to least five. 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 It should be fifteen. Um, it's <laughs> it's um, it's not. Not looking good. And I think that Minnesota game in two weeks uh, has a lot of allure to it at this point. But yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll worry about that a little later in the week. We'll have another podcast out ready for you on Thursday morning. Um, I want to go to to our producer, Kent Garrison, now, who has uh, been in the lab workshopping a special uh, over-under edition of About Them Cowboys. So we've got a few things to get to uh, in that regard. Over to you, Kent. Yeah, kind of the midway point of the season here. Good chance to look ahead, look back, see where we're at. John Mishota and I, you know, brainstorm some stuff here, trying to get us in the right place. So over under Micah Parsons' sack total for this season. It's at 17. He's on pace for 17. Man. I think over he kind of turns on the Jets at the end of the, uh, the second half after the bye. I think he's going to go – Crazy. I think he's going to have more sacks in the first half. So I'll say over. That's so tough. That's a really good number based on where he's at. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to take the under just because I think there's too many different circumstances that come to play when you get later in the season. Um, Who knows if they get into a position where they're not playing guys at the end or, you know, what's going on there. You know, who knows? But um, but also just looking at some of the opponents and stuff, I don't know, like, like, you know, it, it really is a, like KT said, a really good number. I would almost put it like on the button, but, um, but I'll slightly take the under. I'll say under just because you might have a chance to rest him too at the end there, but you know, we're on the pace of one sack a game. I also think Mike is the type of guy who probably pulls up the stats and goes, Oh, I'm going to be the sack leader this year. So I think that's the scary part of this, but I'll say yeah. under just because of odds. Yeah, I'd like to disagree with you guys just for the sake of the uh, <laughs> podcast, but I can't because, I mean, look at last year, you know, last game of the season, he doesn't play. Um, there's just, there's always something that can happen. And, and Mike McCarthy certainly is known for erring in the side of caution with his players with any type of an injury. And not that, you know, he has anything major, but, I mean, he's getting beat up. I mean, he gets double teamed and chipped all the time. If there's an opportunity late in the season to to rest him uh, before the playoffs, I, I just see Mike McCarthy doing that. Because of that, that's why I think he'll end up coming up short. And also because I just think he's going to continue to see 
you know, those double teams, the chips, things like that, where, I mean, Hey, it'll be great for guys like, you know, Dorrance and Sam Williams and, you know, Lawrence and Chauncey Golson and all these other guys, but, uh, there's just going to be so much focus on him. that I think he'll, he'll come up a little bit short of, of that number. That's a good one. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point. If they can rest him, I don't know that, I don't know, third to the last game against the Eagles on Christmas Eve. I think he'll definitely be that one. That Titans is going to be tough. There might yep. not be a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. towards the down the home stretch, but we'll, we'll we'll see. I don't know if the Titans are playing like they they did yesterday. He'll have plenty of chances to get sacks against them. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Hopefully, I mean that o- that overtime was brutal. It was, but but also that Eagles game could almost be a, a clincher one way or the other. Right. So you could, could almost be, be the game of the year. Two games. Both, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Trevon Diggs, obviously hugely huge year last year. And just puts in perspective, guys, the the chance that they had last year going into the playoffs. They had all the horses, man. They had they had everything. They were primed to make a run last year, and of course, it didn't happen. Uh, so let's put the ints this year at Trevon for six total. He's got three right now, so that's three more here. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say over because he's had a couple that have been. I think it's two that have been over overruled because of penalties. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna say over. I think the odds would probably tell you that's probably a bad bet, but I'm gonna say over. Just whatever you want to say about him, he finds a way to get it done, and we could be looking at five or six already. So yeah, I'll say I'll say over. Uh, Sod. Yeah, I'll I'll take I'll take the over just because I think the pass rush and and you know the way that it's kind of been helping him out. I think. He's going to have more opportunities as, as you know, this kind of moves forward. I, I'll take the over on him. John. I'm going to go with, I'm going to say push. I think he gets exactly six. Okay. Uh, I think that's a good solid number there. It's kind of, I thought he'd get six or seven this year. I didn't think there was any chance he was going to get 11 again, but uh, I think six or seven is where he finishes that. So I'll go with push and say he lands on six. Total takeaways for the Cowboys this year. We're setting it at 27 and a half. Total. They had 34 last year. 34 last year? Yeah, the lead you know, league. Bef- before I give my answer, so you said it 27 and a half. Before I get my answer, that's, that's what, Well, 27 and a half is what they're on pace for, so that's why we said it. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, before I guess, can I give you all a fun nugget about another team? Absolutely. <laughs> the, the Seattle Seahawks are 6-3 and three with Geno Smith, and it's pretty insane. They love playing the Pete Carroll style of ball, which is running the ball a lot, and Kenneth Walker can do that. Every time I watch the Seahawks play, though, I go, this is not a 6-3 and three team. This is a 500 team at best. So you all know how many forced fumbles they have this year? They have 16 forced fumbles so far this year through nine hey. games. So KT, that's- they're working on it during the week. Oh, okay. Come on. Come, so you annoying. know I hate that. I hate when I hate that so much. Like all these teams aren't working on that. Like, oh, oh, we can get we. So if we work on this, we can take when they have the ball, we can take it from them. Let's work on that this week. That's a good idea. Let's knock it. We'll work on knocking it out of hand. Like there's just so much luck involved with that. Now there are some teams that are a little bit more aggressive in their style, and some yeah. teams that just have better players on defense. But there is a lot of luck involved in that. I honestly hey, get angry when especially I see when the it. number is that high. 
Sometimes when I see a guy being tackled in the open field and I don't see a peanut punch attempt, I get angry. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I would be going so crazy if I was a defensive back trying to get that ball out if I had the opportunity on almost everything. Because that, that can swing the game more than anything is a turnover. Okay, so, yeah. so the number of fumbles recovered by the Seahawks this year is, I believe, okay, the 15 forced fumbles, uh, 14 fumble recoveries. 15 forced, wow. 14 fumble recoveries. So not <laughs> only you're recovering basically every fumble. So it's like, it's a statistical anomaly. And some of that could be skill. Some of that is undoubtedly luck. I think the record was the 2010 New York Giants who had 30 forced fumbles. They're at 16. My point is, I think we're going to see regression there. And I think regression is very, very uh, typical in football. So 27 and a half is what they're paced. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under. Yeah, yeah. Nah. E- easily, easily take the under on that one. John, I'm going to take over. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have to sex it up a little bit sometimes. I, I have I'm to. I'm okay I, with I, it. I, I, I'm, that's something I always try to do. Um, <laughs> You're known for that, John. Yeah, it is. It is tough. About you. Yeah, it is tough, though, to do. If you Let's say they get 28 or 29. I mean, that's going to put you right back up there with the league leaders. I mean, it is tough to go back-to-back years where you're up there like that, but I just feel like there's been some missed opportunities earlier in the season where I feel like they could have a few more. And so 27 and a half is what they're on pace for right now. I'll say they get 28. All right. Just to be sexy. There we go. I hope you're right. (laughs) We all do. Come on, Tate Turpin. Still waiting for him to take one to the house. Boy, he so, almost broke one the last time we talked about this. That's what I'm saying. Every every week, we're like, man, this was almost the one. It still hasn't happened. So over under half a touchdown. So either one or zero. What do you guys think? Think he gets one? It feels like we're going down. I'm talking about return touchdown. I'm not, not a jet sweep. Not if they throw him the ball on a route and he scores in the end zone. I'm talking about a putt return or a kickoff return. He's going to get one, and my prediction is it happens on Thanksgiving Day to make up for the fake punt from a couple years ago. <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> on this right. this day in think Cowboys Thanksgiving Day history. Yeah, he's just been – he's just been – there There have been times where he's been so close, and so I think he'll get – I think he'll get one. I think the last time we did this a few weeks ago, it was at one and a half, and I took the under saying it was – he was going to get one. So I'm going to stay stick to it. Yeah, I think he'll get one. And then I think he'll, there'll be another one somewhere in there where he returns it, but it'll get called back on a flag, and it'll be a Ooh, really yeah. questionable call, and everybody will be annoyed about it. But yeah, I think he gets. I think he gets one. You know that, uh, that jet sweep kind of thing they did, and then they did the fake on the next play. We were, I was talking to Hogan Johns before that, and I was like, I, I really think these noon games, the Cowboys, they just pull out some weird crap in noon games. What is that? Have you guys noticed that too? That they'll pull off of fake fake plays, jet sweeps, and the noon games. It seems like the 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 energy of the noon game for them. They're just like, yeah, let's go have fun today, guys. Let's go try some try some weird crap. I, I kind of like it. So I mean, early on, it could be one of those. It could be one of those things involved. to try and give them some uh, some type of like a jolt they didn't have to the team too. to kind of get the team going or something like that yeah. early on. Because I can see how, especially with the Cowboys, you play so many primetime games. I can see having a noon game, especially at AT and T Stadium. A lot of times, it's a late arriving crowd. You're playing you know, the bears and the lions. Uh, I could see maybe, you know, I certainly thought that they were doing that this last game with Michael Gallup. Like, let's get him involved early. Let's try and, 
get this going. And even offensively, the no huddle, the the their fast, you know, uh, tempo package stuff like that. I, mm-hmm. I I mean that was obviously done on purpose. And I don't know if it's necessarily the noon game or it's the combination of the noon game with the opponent they're playing uh, and all of the above. But yeah, that could have factored in for. They sure. didn't have Zeke too. It just feels like that's a commonality when I'm watching noon games. Like if you see a flea flicker, it's probably going to happen in some noon game against the Texans. It's never gonna, <laughs> never gonna be in some big moment when it matters. All right, um, total wins for the Cowboys, guys. Let's go twelve total. Boy, you look at it, and I, I just, it seems like the path is there to win thirteen games. And maybe fourteen. I yeah. I have a hard. I think it's over, and I think it's yeah. I think it's over. Yeah, because you're basically saying what thirteen, fourteen, or fifteen, right? So they have yeah, two make, losses. So you're saying thirteen to fifteen. And and, half. Yeah. If you're, okay, if we're doing twelve and a half, I'll take the over. Because uh, because I you know I think it's not even that I think the Cowboys are that good. I just look at the schedule and I can't see you know that many losses on the schedule. So yeah, I'll take the over. Yeah, I'll go under or say they, I think they'll finish with 12 wins again, second for the second time. And they'll just yeah. lose a game here or there that they probably shouldn't. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they've got 13, but I, I just have kind of felt these last few weeks that they were going to just, I feel like they're going to beat the Eagles on Christmas Eve, but they're still going to fall like a game short of them, you know, in the standings, the Eagles will win the division and the Cowboys will be a, like will be a wild card with with the same record they had last year. But then they'll win a playoff game and they'll get to the divisional round and then I don't know what's going to happen there. No one we know about the the Rams at this point. Not that the Rams couldn't turn it around, but it does look like that's a long road for them. You know, it is easy to get brainwashed into whooping up on the Lions and the Bears. That Minnesota game is finally going to be a game You look back at that Philadelphia game, is so odd because you lose, definitely got your butt kicked in the first half, and you walk away from that game going, oh, yeah, we could beat them. It's very strange how things have played out. And the Minnesota game is very fascinating. And I'm kind of glad that that game's on the road just to kind of see what this team's made of here. Two back-to-back road games. wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. You feel like Seattle might be a little fool's gold and you don't think Minnesota is? I, I, I think look, there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. I, here's what I know about Minnesota. I think Minnesota, Minnesota's pretty good. I don't know that they're only one loss good, though. Well, they've got a, a, one legit pass rusher who can get to the quarterback and Zadarius Smith, who I think is right. first in the league in pressures. Um, and then Justin Jefferson has become borderline uncoverable. I, I mean, I, they, from their, I, what their I offense just, was last year, they've added Hawkinson. I get that. But they also... Everything that you're saying right now is the way Minnesota looked last year on Halloween against Cooper Rush on the first series. And then the rest of the game happened. And you're like, wait, what? There's just something about Kirk Cousins. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, he's got all these weapons now. They had Hawkinson. Believe me, I agree with you. Like, it's not going to be an easy game. But just because you mentioned earlier the Seahawks thing, I was just kind of, I kind of feel that way about the Minnesota Vikings as well. Yeah, no, they definitely tried to blow it against the commanders and Taylor Heineke yesterday, and he's not good. He throws the ball into quadruple coverage often. Like, he's not good at all. So, yeah, I understand. I think there's the – how do we know how good the Cowboys are? 
You just assume that they're good. They haven't played a good team since week one. Uh, and that team may not be, even be good. <laughs> yeah, and Lions. that's... Yeah, but that that's that's honestly that's my problem too with with like the whole Dak thing. Like as good as Dak looked against Chicago, I'm just like this is like last year. It's like this is exactly what happened. You know, he had he was now the the first game he came back was it Rust or was he just you know is 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 he decent? And then Chicago's just a bad team um, I, against the Vikings. Whether they're great or not, they're still good. They're still a good team. I think that's gonna tell tell us a lot. Yeah, no, that will tell us way more than any of these previous games for sure. Um, But I don't know. Like, I think the Cowboys are pretty much what their record is because I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I expect them to lose more with Cooper Rush. Um, But if Dak plays in all those games, I still think they're six and two. Um, I'm sure most Cowboys players and fans would like to see them play the Buccaneers again. Uh, And maybe that game would be different. And then obviously, I'm sure most would like to see them play the Eagles again with Dak Prescott yeah. as opposed to Cooper Rush. And who knows what happens there? Uh, the Vikings, um, I'm pretty sure they, they got a win over Miami, who I think is pretty good when they have, when, when uh, Tua's playing, they're, they're really good. I don't think they've lost the game when he started and finished the game. I think they're six and oh, he didn't play in that game. So that probably would have been another loss for Minnesota. Um, yeah, yesterday, just watching that game, maybe it's cause I just, that's what's, you know, fresh in my mind is watching them against Washington. But it's that, and then it's that first series against the Cowboys. I would just that is etched in my mind because I was like, man, this team's loaded with weapons. This Cowboys are going to have their hands full, and then they're just never repeated anything after that first series that looked anything like that. Honestly, the comparison that I have to that for last season for the Cowboys is that one series in New Orleans when Dak literally went like Gallup, Lamb, you know, uh, Amari, like. Boom, 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 right down the field. And you're like, oh, that's what this offense is supposed to look like. Literally never saw it again. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was like an adjustment was made. What happened? It was like so yeah. different. Yeah. You think they're um, going to probably flex out of the uh, Cowboys Colts matchup at 7.20 p.m. on December 4th? If, they, if they're allowed prime to time. at that point. I don't know when I don't the know, man. I mean, starts. <laughs> I wouldn't do anything right now. Troy Aikman could be coaching the Colts at that point. <laughs> it is weird. But that is. It is weird. Great. Does Jeff Saturday have like a really cool guitar that Ursay wants? You know, and he's got to get when, on his good side to get to get it in the will or something. I don't know what what's going when moves on. Moves like that happen. And, and KT, I know you'll love this because we've talked about this many a times on and off the air. Uh, the infamous Mike McCarthy asked about the offensive line. Well, this isn't fantasy football. It's like, man. When moves like that are made with that Jeff Saturday hire, you're like, eh, is it? Is it not it's fantasy football, of, guys? It's you guys want to talk down football. to these fantasy ball players? It looks like fantasy football. That's so. It odd. Really is. It is it's, strange. It's so I, I, and I, it's weird too that the Colts have just had this weird five year string of like, let's get the oldest quarterback we could find, trade hey, how for about him. This? How about this, real quick? I mean, if they're trying to tank, this is a great strategy. Get somebody that everyone likes. What about the fact that they were supposed to have, uh, what's his name, is the coach, and then he backs out, and he's just an epic disaster? McDaniels? Yeah. Like, if they hired him, it's not any better. You know what I'm saying? Is he one and done? He out? Oh, he might be. He's lost, I think. He's gone, dude. I, he's lost, oh, like, crap. 23 of his last 30 games as a head coach or something like that. It's some ridiculous I'm, so, I'm sorry, but this McDaniels thing is just giving me Patricia <laughs> vibes all day. 
Like, hey, yeah. we're going to go get and then And then also everything that's gone on in Houston. All three of those situations are, we're going to fix it by going the Patriot way. But we're, we're not going to get Bill Belichick. So, and then it's like not even better. It's actually worse than it was before. It's crazy. As it bad as strange. the Lions, as bad as the Lions have been in, in in my time watching the Detroit Lions, there's no question. Even during the Matt Millen years, I will take them over the Matt Patricia years. I mean, Matt <laughs> Patricia was an epic disaster. Yeah. And, and this is where it's like very strange. Like look at the Cowboys' schedule too. Because you're mentioning a couple teams that they face, like Indianapolis, yeah. Houston, you just said. Yep. Jack, that Jacksonville game in week 15 might be something. And again, yeah. three and six Jacksonville, you watch them play, they will have a bad half in front of your eyes where you're like, this is the worst team I've ever seen in the NFL. And Trevor Lawrence will overthrow at least one guy in the red zone. Just five yards, like a wide open guy. He will do that once a week. And it's incredible. But All right, does, fine. I'll go over 12 and a half the- wins. Damn it. Well, no, I'm saying when he does complete a pass or two, you're like, man, that's how the prototypical quarterback is supposed to look. I mean, same with Justin Herbert. Everyone's in love with Justin Herbert, and I am too. I, I think he's pretty awesome. But he just has these questionable throws, and it just makes me kind of go, well, what's happening there? Why aren't the Chargers better than they should be? I thought they were going to yeah. take a step forward, and they have it. The Jacksonville game looks a little tougher on paper than maybe Giants in Week 12. The Giants aren't good. What are we do- What are we doing there? Are there people that think the Giants are good? Watch them. They're Giants. not good. Maybe in New York. They're so bad. And somehow they're in these games. The NFL's just amazing. The way they've strung this together to make all of this competitive is... They beat the Ravens and they beat the Titans. I mean, those are pretty good wins. Is Jalen Smith going to be in the lineup? Because that could change things. I mean, it's I a- hope he's just... Swiping like crazy. Just shutting down but, the Cowboys yeah, offense. Just, oh, yeah. But the Giants actually think they have competent leadership now. Oh, like, there's no question about that. GM. And yeah, that's my no, fear. But then yeah. you look at the standings and you're like, gosh, there's no way, right? And there they are. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, it's very odd. It's, it's very odd. Uh, so there's some over-unders for uh, the rest of the season. I've got some fun Jerry-related, most likely kind of superlative questions. KT, do you want to hit those? Absolutely. Right I love this. Yeah, let's okay. do it. Okay. All right. So <laughs> let's say, uh, you know, anything's possible here. These are crazy hypotheticals. Anything, uh, no rules apply that are in place. What's a player Anything's on possible, an- Kevin Garnett, sorry. What's a player on another team that Jerry, could, if he could, he would take right now? If Ooh. he could have any player in the NFL join the Cowboys, who, who do you think he would? I feel like there's an obvious answer. Pick? The one that jumped out to me immediately was Aaron Donald, but give me a second. I need to think. Yeah. Just no, everybody listening, this, Aaron as you Donald can tell, was my first not- thought too. Um, I thought, I really like Sauce Gardner, though. I think Jerry would be very tempted by a guy, a young player, well, Sauce Gardner let, that's coming up. Um, let's, be on- let's be honest. We're all being foolish. If it's Jerry Jones, it's going to be an offensive player. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the track record speaks for itself. I will, well, hmm. Are you talking about on this particular team or on any Cowboys team? It just a if player this year. If Jerry like gets a call tomorrow, Goodell's like, "Hey, man, you can have any guy you want. Just go for it." I don't know how you don't go Patrick Mahomes. That's just yeah. that's just okay. Me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Confident I'm sorry. Like, okay. Oh yeah. Can we take quarterback out of it then? 
just okay. If that that then that's a different discussion. Sure. Okay, but, yeah. Because I think we all agree on that. It's Mahomes. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. I, I think it's Debo Samuel. It, seems it might sound a little strange because I thought I think he might want something maybe. Um, Tyreek. Oh yeah. Oh, if it's wide receiver, I would I would probably go Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup or Tyreek okay. Hill. Yeah. 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 But Tyreek Hill has has a shady history, so probably Tyreek. <laughs> I mean, guys, guys, nice, hold on, hold on. Jerry is a former offensive lineman, okay? So let's not forget about possibly a center. No. <laughs> no okay. Tyron? Creed Humphrey? Ty- no. Let's get Tyron back, you know? Yeah, Tyron in 2009 yeah, or whatever. 2011, it might be Odell Beckham. Des Bryant. Yeah, we we go as it goes. <laughs> okay, uh, who's a coach on another team he wishes he had? Um, I don't think he would want Belichick. He would not want Belichick. Yeah. No. Uh, the obvious one is the guy who's out of the league uh, for a year <laughs> or two. Um, I, I can see Jerry having healthy respect for uh, Andy Reid. Yeah, okay. Andy Reid is good. good. I think I think I think he would really like John Harbaugh. Oh yeah, no. Sean I think McVay. he would like McVeigh for him. Sean McVeigh. Yeah, McVeigh too. McVeigh's got a little sizzle though. I don't know if Jerry wants his coach having too much sizzle. Like Andy Reid. Now that can he you is just doing see Sean McVeigh like posing in the Bahamas in all white with the Jones family? Doesn't that just seem like a perfect something that would would happen? It does. Yeah. What are you talking about? He doesn't want. What are you? What are you talking about? He doesn't want sizzle. He's got Jason Garrett and then Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Hey, I think Jason Garrett's making strides in studio, guys. I thought he was good last night. Hmm. I'm okay. just saying, TV <laughs> okay. career trending up for old Jay Jeezy. Okay, okay. Keep it, keep a sharp eye on it. Okay. Uh, I I really like the Andy Reid one because I just feel like, especially at this stage in Jerry's life, he's been, you know, going more towards experience. I would think so. Maybe he'd want the Andy Reid over Sean McVay or the. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury? No. Um. I don't think he wants to fight either. You know, I don't think he wants to also, fight with yeah. people anymore. Also, I know we're just doing hypothetical, but man, if Andy Reid was in Dallas, like I would be so intrigued to what happens to Dak. Like, I yeah. like that would be the craziest development. Um, because because I, I think I think that would take Dak to a different level. Like, I think right now he's a top ten type quarterback. I think he could. I think he would go up a full notch if Andy Reid was coaching him. Really? I do. I think he would. I mean, look at Andy Reid's track record with whether it's McNabb, Vic, um, Alex Smith. Like, it, he doesn't I just feel like if that goes up to the next level, then he's. Next level being being tier two. I think tier okay, I was like, say, because the way I took it when you said that was like that it would get him to the Mahomes level. And I'm like, Andy no, Reed, no, no. I, I, Andy Reid obviously helps Mahomes, but I think Mahomes makes Patricia look good. Yeah, no, I, I I'm talking about. I I think there's there's the elite elite. There's like the top three right. four guys, and then there's there's the next like bulk of it, and then Dak. Like you know, I think we talked about this before. He's like top when we, when we talked about Sando's quarterback ratings, he's yeah. top ten in terms of like you know the edge of the top ten. Like he's ten to twelve almost. Um, and I think Andy Reid would make him like like six to nine basically. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. All right. Is Jerry more angry 
that the Eagles have won a Super Bowl and now have primed themselves for another one? Or is he more happy that Dan Snyder's on his way out? I don't think he cares about that on that level. Yeah. I think maybe he he has a rivalry with Dan Snyder. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he does, but I don't know if I'm trying to think of a better comp. I was thinking more along the lines of like him and Goodell getting that second contract or that next contract. (laughs) He seems, he seems real worked up about that right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think with Snyder, I almost, I almost think of the entire organization. I don't know how Jerry feels about Snyder personally, but that entire organization feels such like a forgotten little brother, like that extra Jonas brother. Like it's all Eagles, Giants, Cowboys. And then like, and then like, you know, Todd Collins had like a good run, like a decade and a half ago. And that's about, and then RG three for a glimpse. And, and that's, that's about it. Like, I don't think that organization is very relevant for Jerry to care enough. I agree. I just, I mean, and then if, if ever since Snyder's been there, like they haven't really done anything. So you get them out of there and, and yeah, maybe that saves face with the NFL and well, no, it would save face with the NFL. I don't think there's any question about, but I don't know how much Jerry cares about that compared to the, well, what if they mess up and hire or, or the right group buys the team? And then all of a sudden <laughs> they become a really good team. Like, do you really want that in your division? So I don't know. I, I just, I think there's things that he hates a lot more than, than Dan Snyder. Let's put it that way. So conflicted. It's like, man, Does he I, hate I like Eagle Christian. success more than Dan Snyder. There you go. Mm, yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think you George crushing so, yeah. Washington. It's like whatever. Yeah, at this point, that's what I mean. I'm, is st- he, I'm is still he, trying to find another coach. That does he get more joy out of crushing Washington or more anger out of the, the Eagles being good? I think it's probably more joy out of watching Washington fall apart. I think he really is enjoying what's going on. It's just hoping that it doesn't come all back to him at some point. But uh, we shall see. Um, I know we got to go here. We'll we got and eh, we got one more here. Right, I think go ahead. this one's. I think this, we'll try to squeeze in two. More likely, Jerry buys the commanders and moves them to Texas, or Jerry invests in pickleball. Oh, pickleball. pickleball. Oh, 100%. Easily pickleball. Easily. Easily pickleball. Yeah. He, he buys a team just waiting, and pays waiting for that announcement any day now. Yeah. <laughs> he buys I mean, a team and pays $1 million more than Mark Cuban did. Yeah. <laughs> He's got caught again in this pickleball craze. Yeah. Black, blockchain. Kyle. Jerry, do yeah, introduce some due diligence. Find me a team. Blockchain. Company. He's gotten into every craze, man. Yeah, NFTs and esports and anything that these kids are up to. He's he's all in. So yeah, expect a, the Jerry Jones pickleball league to be sprouting up in Frisco any day now, and more <laughs> likely to be around in 2030. Jerry the GM or the XFL. Man, that just takes a really dark turn because when you talk about Jerry the GM, you know exactly what you're talking about. This isn't yeah. like any other GM where you're like, oh, are they going to be able to keep their job for the next seven years? It's like, no. Is he going to be able to Jerry's stay alive for the next seven years? In 2030. 88 <laughs> yeah. years old. This isn't even that difficult for me. I'm not saying he's going to be gone. I'm just saying he might not still be the GM of the team when whoa, he's 88. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what? There is zero chance. As long as he's breathing, he will be the GM. I mean, it literally, it will not even matter if he can't even like physically walk. He will be the GM of the Dallas Cowboys as long as there's a breath in his body. As long as he's alive, he will continue to be the GM. And wow. I, yeah, I think there's a, okay. I think there's a better chance of that than That's the XFL. Call. I just think that, I think the NFL is just such a juggernaut that it just nothing can really gain enough traction. They're going to get fans, you know. I, I, I get that. 
Um, but I feel like between the NFL and college football, I just don't know if there's enough mm-hmm. traction for the money to get the other ones, you know, off the ground, the other other league, whether it's the XFL or even any other league that comes along. Like it's just been so difficult for any of those. And the Rock's great, but I just don't understand how that's going to put them over the top. Yeah. And hey, I hope it works, but there's just not, it's not, you have to have good quarterback play, right? You have to have it, and they don't. So there you go. Like, I honest, I'm almost putting it at like 50 50 on the Jerry still being around in 2030 thing. Whereas, like, I put XFL making it to 2030 at like 10%. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I, re- I remember hearing, like, I, I'm going to have to go look for this, but I remember Jerry doing an interview when I first moved down here, so like 2010, 2011, and he talked about like, like several aunts and uncles in his family that lived into like their late 90s. Yeah. So, I Dang. mean, you know, he might have some I good I think Jerry's going to live a long, a long time. Uh, it's just a – I don't know how many teams have 88-year-old general managers. I mean, that seems like – that's a fair. A lot to ask for somebody to be running <laughs> the team when you're 88. Who do most people so. compare him to right now? Uh, uh, Jeff Bezos. I feel like Cal <laughs> Davis. Davis. Oh, Al Davis for sure. Davis, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I miss when Ella handed the team over to anybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and Marcus Steven, do, they have, do we have correlations there? I'm fascinated to see what it's like when when Steven takes over because I think it's going to be a lot different than than Jerry. I mean, he'll still do all the media stuff and all that. I just don't see him, I don't know, obviously after games and stuff like that, I don't see him doing all the talking and all those things. I just, I don't know, I think things are going to change there where I, I could see him sure. being the GM uh, and owner, but not I see wanting- him being the owner and still doing- Come down to the locker room and doing his talks yeah, and not yeah, being yeah. the GM and still being Jerry at all the games, just not I, being the title GM. I don't get the sense that he wants the same spotlight that Jerry does. These, I've never seen anything that made me think that he wants that. It's either you have that or you don't, you yeah. know? And I just don't think that that, I mean, he certainly wants them to win and be successful, um, but I don't think that he wants that because of all the attention it would get to him, where I think Jerry cares a lot about how much attention he'd get off the Cowboys winning a Super Bowl. You know? The reason I say that is because the XFL, they've set up their entire operation here and stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, in, in Arlington, right across from his, they're going to be playing there. They're going to have a lot of home games, a lot of hoopla, a lot of TV yeah. opportunities. So, yeah. I went to just, a game a couple of years ago uh, at, at the I went to uh, that game. Rangers game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was, was cool. opening night. Yeah. It was, it, was, yeah. it was pretty packed. I was pretty impressed. Yeah. And I could even see it lasted maybe for a couple of years. But again, you're talking about till 2030. I mean, that's, yeah. They'll be thrilled if that happens. Yeah. yeah. There you go. The 88 year old general manager. Look forward to it, guys. All right. We'll be back later in the week to get you ready for a big matchup. In fact, they're calling it America's Game of the Week. America has voted the Game of the Week is Packers-Cowboys at Lambeau Field. And we'll get you ready for that later in the week. Uh, we'll have some definitely some injury news, things like that. I know Green Bay is dropping like flies. So we'll catch you up on that. We'll have the latest from John Machado. who will be out at the Star a little later in the week. So we'll be back for that. Uh, make sure you follow everyone. We have Saad Youssef, of course, covering those second place in the Western Conference Dallas Stars. Look out. It's early, but look out. The high-flying, offensive-minded Dallas Stars. What the world's going on? Our producer, Kent Garrison. 
and of course, the man without a child, Father John Mishota. It's more in a biblical... <laughs> That's why we call him Father. Whatever, I don't understand. Um, we'll be back later in the week. Get you ready for Packers, Cowboys. Real existential uh, that was our, for a second. Yeah, weird. Our post bye week mid-season edition of About Them Cowboys. And uh, we'll talk to you later in the week. Bye, everyone. Told them I got a birthday coming up here real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time to have a bad time. <laughs> it ain't on my schedule.